Kia ora. Welcome to the Arise Church podcast. For more details, you can find us at arisechurch.com. Right now, we're going to hear from our national youth pastor, Vic Bamford Bryant. We really hope you enjoy today's message. of Scripture, the passage of Scripture I want to look at today is maybe an unlikely one um, for a series about joy, um, but stay with me. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, um, reading down to 44. Then Jesus went with His disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with Him, and He began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then He said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and he prayed, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more. And he prayed a third time. He said the same thing. And I'll admit, this isn't really the traditional scripture that you bring out when you think I'm gonna start a series on joy. Um, Because this scene is so far from the picture of joy that we have in our head. See, joy is painted in our world as happiness, satisfaction, fulfilment, celebration. Maybe even as the word joy came up on screen this morning, some pictures came to your head. Maybe it's of your family around a dinner table. Maybe it's Christmas celebrations, moments of laughter with your friends. Maybe it's doing whatever it is you love doing in your spare time. And we're sold this picture of joy. These moments that we paint in our heads, it's easy to imagine the joy of the Lord must be in those moments. The joy in the Lord fits nicely into this picture that I have of joy. But what does joy look like outside of these celebrations? Outside of career success? Outside of holidays and peaceful days off? Because I believe that when we limit joy to these moments, we can miss out on the power of true joy we can miss out on the true joy in our life. Because in our lives, it's always not gonna be those moments. In our lives, there is gonna be hard moments. There is gonna be challenge. There is gonna be suffering. And this morning, instead of bringing a good feel-good message about joy, I really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted to ignite something in your heart today, wanted to bring revelation into your life about what it means to carry joy when it's hard. I really believe that if you capture this revelation this morning, that not only will you be able to live out these good seasons well, but this morning together, we're gonna unlock a key of endurance to go through those hard seasons. So why don't we pray together? I believe God is already in this room. I believe God is already doing your work. God, we thank you that you're here. This morning we come before you and we're open, God, to what you wanna do in our lives today. God, we pray, Lord God, we don't wanna just learn something today, but God, we want heaven revelation to come to our hearts. 
So God, that is our prayer today. That is what each of us are asking, that you would speak to us, God, that your revelation would come to our heart so we're open to what you wanna do. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So we've got this picture of Jesus in the garden. Jesus in the garden begging God for this cup of suffering to be taken from Him. And what a picture that this passage of Scripture paints for us. In the book of Luke, it actually accounts to this moment where Jesus repeatedly prays and it says, He prayed more fervently. He was in such agony of spirit that sweat fell from the ground like great drops of blood. And we have this picture of our Saviour King in this moment of heartbreak, in this moment of agony. And we see this picture of Jesus and we can't imagine how our version of joy could possibly fit into this moment. And maybe a lot of you are here and you're saying, in that moment, there was definitely no joy. Joy couldn't have existed then. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, it actually says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for the joy that was set before Him. In this picture of deep suffering, in this moment of despair, we see that there was a joy that was set before our King. I think as Christians, this is the kind of joy we don't often talk about. This is the kind of joy we don't often wanna talk about when we think of what joy could actually mean in our life. And I think a lie of the modern church that sometimes we have sold to others is that when you meet Jesus, you won't experience any suffering. You have a carefree life. There'll be no challenge. There'll be no trouble. But when you open the Word of God, it actually teaches you quite the opposite of that. John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, I have told you all this so you may have peace in me. For on earth, on earth you will have many trials, many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. You know, I've seen so many of my friends walk into church, make a decision to follow Jesus, expect an easy life, and the first sign of challenge, they run from faith, because they believe, how could this be faith if there is challenge there? But I love this verse, Jesus paints a picture. We're not promised on this broken, fallen earth, a life that is free from suffering. But as Christians, we're promised an ability to overcome ability to endure. On this broken earth, we're promised the ability to endure. And in this moment, Jesus paints a very real picture of what suffering could look like. I love it because we serve a Jesus who didn't sugarcoat pain. He didn't sugarcoat hurt. In this moment, we see genuine anxiety. We see genuine pain. We see a deep despair for what Jesus is about to face. And maybe to some degree, those emotions that Jesus was facing resonate with how you found yourself coming today. Can I tell you, we serve a God that sees you. We serve a Jesus that understands your hurt, that understands your pain. He understands it better than anyone else ever could. And it's important that we realise that in God's perfect will, in God's kingdom, there would be no suffering. Revelations chapter 22, verse four. I will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And in heaven, there will be no suffering. But right now we live in a broken world and His will here for us on earth is that even when there's things happening around us, we will have access to His eternal joy, to the joy that was set before Him. The world's picture of joy tells us that joy is available when there is no suffering. But God's picture of joy is available in every single season. 
So what is this joy that we have access to? Well, this joy is of the Lord and this joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you, Arise Kids, for helping me learn that memory verse. (laughs) Joy is not an emotion that moves with the currents of circumstance, but it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So each one of us, we need to ask the question in our life, what is producing this fruit in our life? Are we producing the world's version of joy, which stems from circumstance, relationships, achievements? Or are we producing God's version of joy, which is the spirit at work within us, available through every season, the good ones and the bad? Because I think when it's the first answer, when we decide that the fruit of our lives is gonna be based on what's happening around us, on our condition, we truly miss the true power that joy has for us. Can I say this morning that joy isn't about suppressing or ignoring or sweeping under the carpet the bad things that are happening. It's not about just looking on the bright side of things. Um, You know, I think Jesus in this experience, He wasn't ignoring what was about to happen with Him. He was was experiencing those emotions for real. But joy isn't about ignoring those feelings. It's not about ignoring the challenge that is in front of us. It's about having the strength to overcome, the strength to endure. The source of the world's joy, happiness, is condition, and that is fleeting. But the source of true joy is knowing God, which is eternal. And I like this picture because true joy we see is painted most in suffering. It's proved in suffering. Perhaps this is the most powerful expression of joy that we can imagine, that Jesus in the height of the suffering sees a joy that is set before Him. And in suffering, we're made not to just carry joy because I think it's easy to just carry joy when we're feeling good. But in suffering, we're forced to cling to joy, to cling to it. And Christ still had joy. In this moment, far from our picture of happiness and this moment, far from our picture of fulfilment, Christ had joy. We see that He had this repeated request to the Father, take this cup away from Him. But in Him, He had an endurance that said, but not my will, let your will be done. So what was this joy that Jesus looked forward to as He begged for this cup of suffering to be taken from Him? What was the joy that allowed Him to be on the cross, to bear the full weight of the cross? Well, Psalm 116 verse 13, David says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and I will call on the name of the Lord. And on the cross, Jesus exchanged our cup of punishment for His cup of salvation. The joy that Jesus was speaking about was that the cup of salvation would be available to you and for me. And through His, through his blood, as Nate said earlier today, we would be reconciled with Christ, a relationship with God available for us to eternity because of what He did on the cross. The cup of salvation was handed to us. So Jesus took the cup of suffering with joy. This is where we find our source of joy too and our salvation and our ability to be reconciled with Christ. You know, as I was preparing this message, bit guilty here, I took a wee Instagram break, as you do. Um, And I went onto my Instagram, clicked onto my reels, um, and I was amazed by the video that actually popped up. Isn't it funny when God speaks to you through Instagram? Um, But it was a video um, of this worship leader, his name's Brandon Lake, um, and he went and he did some prison ministry in America. um, And he went into this maximum security prison and he met this inmate. Um, And in this video, we see this inmate having an encounter with God, finding the power of God. And then it skips forward a few moments 
Um, and this inmate now is running a worship service in this high security prison. And this inmate is leading this worship service. And what I love about it is that he's actually not a great singer, but he's leading this amazing, powerful worship um, service, which gives me hope, you know? Um, but he's leading this worship service and it's filled with these inmates in a high security prison, experiencing the power of God for themselves. And as he's leading, he begins to speak about what the Bible says about God. And he says, the Bible says that God knows you. The Bible says that God is your loving Father, that He's a Father to the fatherless, and He starts to minister. And then He says these words, and they stuck with me. So we either say together that it's true or it's not, but if it's true, then we can have joy. He says these words in the middle of the prison, but if we can just have salvation, then we have joy. And today we have joy because we carry the cup of our salvation. As the psalmist wrote, we need to rejoice in our salvation. He prayed to God, would you restore the joy of my salvation? We cannot forget the joy of the things of God in our life. We cannot forget the joy of our own salvation, that Jesus bore the ultimate cup of suffering so we could be handed the cup of salvation. And what is beautiful is our joy is eternal. Our joy isn't temporal. It's not based on what's happening around us, but our joy is eternal. Joy is before us, behind us and in us. To me, joy looks like gratitude of the past, contentment in the present and hope for the future. I have joy in my past because I'm grateful that the God has always been and will always be the same. I have gratitude in my past because I know that before I was even born, God formed me in my mother's womb. I know that before I even knew Him, before I'd made a decision to make Him my Lord and Saviour, that God knocked on the door of my heart, longed to have a relationship with me. And I have joy because I'm content in my today, because I can rejoice in my salvation every single day, because God's thoughts towards me outnumber the sand on the seashore, because my days are written in His book. But I have joy before me because I carry hope for the future. I believe that God has plans to prosper me and not to harm me. And can I say that when you get hold of this joy that the Holy Spirit can bring into your life, you can't help but have hope to the future because Jesus brings hope. Hope is always connected to joy for your future. It was for the joy set before Him. Jesus endured the cross. It was what was in front of Him. And can I say the enemy wants to rob you of your joy? John 10, 10 says the enemy comes to kill, steal and destroy. And the enemy does this by warping our view of joy. If he can just get us to believe that joy is temporal, that joy is limited to the constraints of a feeling or an emotion, if he can just get us to believe that we've lost our joy when we're not feeling it anymore, then the enemy can stop us from enduring. He can stop us from making a full impact that God wants us to make. And what happens is when we get our eyes off the eternal principles of joy, when we get our eyes off the eternal, that is when we begin to think we've lost our joy. But what did the Scripture say at the start? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, following Christ's example, who looked to eternity. Jesus, who didn't just give up because of the momentary suffering, but our Jesus that looked ahead of the eternal things that were ahead of Him. And joy always makes us focus on those eternal things, on God, on our salvation, on people, on the church. God makes us look to the eternal things of God. And earlier this year, I found myself in a place where I was more focused on the circumstances around me than of the eternal perspective in front of me. And can I say it came slowly and unexpected? 
a moment of disappointment, a word of discouragement, my vision began to veer from the things of God onto the surroundings, onto how I was feeling. Some moments that I thought I hadn't let come into my heart, turns out they had actually really affected me. And I didn't actually realise what was going on inside of me. Things that used to make me feel passionate, things that makes me used to feel excited, hopeful, faithful, things that I was really grateful for once upon a time, all of a sudden, I began to focus on the things happening around me and instead, my heart was filled with grief, defeat. I began to feel apathetic and I didn't even realise where I was at. I walked into YXYA um, and God has a funny way in my life of really speaking to me at these events that we're trying to put on for young, younger people than me. Um, but at YXYA, I was standing at the back um, just near the sound desk and my good friend Will from our Hamilton campus went on stage and he said, I really feel like I had to read this verse out. Psalms chapter 69, verse six. For zeal for your house consumes me. For zeal for your house consumes me. And in that moment, I, la- I believe the Holy Spirit allowed me to realise that my joy had been stolen. That once I was so zealous for the eternal things of God that it consumed me, but I had taken my eyes off the eternal. I'd taken my eyes off Jesus. And as a result, the fruit of my life began to be based more on what was around me than the spirit that was within me. In that moment, I just felt God come and I felt God realign my vision, refocus my eyes on what was eternal. And in that moment, I felt God restore my joy. After that moment, I looked into Psalm 69. And it's quite interesting because the context of the Psalm is actually referred to as a Psalm of suffering. The psalmist speaks of waters coming up to his neck, the feeling of being engulfed, the feeling of feeling hated, the feeling of being the victim of injustice. And in this psalm of suffering, there is this one line that speaks to a zeal that he has for the things of God. And in the midst of suffering, the spirit within you still bears fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know what's really interesting is this word zeal in the Greek is defined in the context of heat. And the joy of the Lord is found only in the fire of the Holy Spirit when we encounter His Spirit. You see, joy is supernatural. It goes against how we feel in the moment. And this one line declares zeal, existing in a place of suffering. The world's picture of joy is the tree that withers in the seasons, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit remains in every season. The world's picture of joy is the fruit that withers, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit remains. If the band wanna come and join me. That's normally the bit where I pretend to get up. You know, I love this picture of Jesus in the garden. Some of you took a while to get that one. Uh, But um, I can't do it anymore because I've told you my joke that I do every single Sunday. Um, But I love this picture of Jesus in the garden. Jesus wrestling with this cup of suffering And what I find almost comedic about it is that Jesus is wrestling with going to die this long, excruciating death on the cross. Meanwhile, the disciples just struggling to stay awake. What contrasting moments we find here. Jesus wrestling with this thing that is ahead of Him and the disciples wrestling with just keeping their eyes open because as the Bible says, their eyes felt heavy. But Jesus says in the middle of His own wrestle, to them in verse 41, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And in this moment, Jesus wrestling with his own circumstance shows us that wrestle with the flesh 
the flesh that says, would you take this cup of suffering away from me? That flesh that cried out in agony, would you take this cup of suffering away from me? But we see His Spirit that says, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away, may your will be done. And in this moment, the disciples just struggling to stay awake. Jesus faced with what is real suffering. Jesus shows us the example of following the Spirit when the flesh didn't feel like it, about willing to sacrifice, about willing to do the Father's will, even when His flesh didn't feel like it, for the joy that was set before Him. And in the midst of suffering, do we take the Spirit's joy that looks beyond like Jesus did, or do we succumb to the flesh that takes the defeat? Our joy, there's the power to endure suffering. That's what our Christ showed us the most. Our joy is the power to endure suffering for the joy of the Lord is our strength. Every person in this place, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I believe God is in this place. I believe His Spirit is here. If you're watching online this morning, I believe God is right where you are this morning, that He can meet you in any environment you find yourself in this morning. And this morning, I wanna take a moment I wanna allow every person to receive from the Holy Spirit, to reset your eyes on Jesus. This morning, I believe two things are gonna happen. Firstly, I believe that for some people in this place, God is gonna give you a restoration of the joy of your salvation, a restoration of the joy of your salvation. And the second thing I'm believing for this morning is that for people in this room that have lost hope, God is gonna give you a new hope for the future. You're gonna see a joy set before you. Thank you for joining us for the Arise Church podcast. We hope this message has blessed you. For more content or resources, visit arisechurch.com. Matiwa, see you soon.